What do you do when your child disrespectfully says or shouts no to you? Are you struggling with the concept of teaching patience to your young child or being on the same page with your spouse about raising kids? Then come to the April 20th Common Parenting Challenges free, live, interactive online training course to learn about how to handle those situations and more. I'll be going in depth to talk about the challenge series and how you can handle each and every common parenting challenge that listeners have been bringing up. Go to WeTurnedOutOK.com and click the button to sign up, and I'll see you live at 8 p.m. on April 20th. Or if you can't make it live, sign up anyway, and you'll get the benefit by watching the replay. Can't wait to see you over there, and now here's the show. Come on, guys! We Turned Out Okay, the modern parent's guide to old school parenting. I'm going to hang upside down from the swing set. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay with host Karen Locke Cole. I want to climb to the top of that tree. And now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Welcome to We Turned Out Okay. Today we are doing part two of a fantastic guest conversation that I didn't intend originally to be a part two, but it turned out that way because once we get talking, you know, sometimes it's really hard to to stop. So it seemed best and easiest and, you know, most comfortable rather than having you guys you know, uh freak out at the prospect of a two hour uh <laughs> download, which, you know, that's a lot of listening. I figured we'd we'd break it up into a couple of weeks, and so we're back with this is this this is part this part two is part two of a roundtable, where uh, usually the podcaster and a couple of people get together and they discuss issues that each of them has kind of brought to the table, and we just finished up a a really great just a con. I feel like it's I'm going to be thinking about it all all mm. all day. And so I'm here with Dina Fraze, who's a midwife and mother of four plus a stepson, and Angela Gregory, who is a corporate lawyer and mother of two, a boy and a girl. And actually, Angela has the only girl the of only all girl of us, kid. <laughs> and Dina has uh, all boys, and so do I. And I... Last time I, I basically said, "Oh, I really want you guys to get used to the to the voices of of the people." And now I feel like we're 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 all into that. So yeah. you know, they know us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, from last time, you will um you will remember. And and I I think I'll try to keep using names and keep talking. Are you having trouble over there? No, I'm just trying to. Is it good? Does it sound it's okay? good. Yeah, okay. yeah. If I you feel like you're leaning forward, you know, no, you I'm can. Good. Okay, all right. You moved your own microphone. Good for I you. Know. Growing it's up, exciting. she's all grown. <laughs> <laughs> So we have three more topics today and mine is, it's not, it's not like upsetting, but it's deep. Mm. So I was thinking, do we want to start with that one or do we want to start with something that was a little bit lighter? I mean, it could be, I suppose it could be a little bit lighter. And I'm looking at you, Dina Phrase, because um, the second topic that you came up with was, we're, we're calling it I Parent Weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm wondering, do you want to, do you want to get started? Should we get started with that I mean, like, I I guess I'm really aware that I parent weirdly. Like I'm not in the the mainstream way of parenting, I think. Okay. And I think I get, like, I know that, 
you know, and I don't necessarily think this works for everybody, Mm -hmm. um, but I think there's so many options out there for people and the Mm -hmm. way that their lives work. And this just happened to work for our life. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like everybody parents weirdly in some way? No. I mean, really? (laughs) Well, I feel like our culture parents in a very particular way in general. It's a cultural thing. Like I just spent some time in Haiti and the parenting there is incredibly different than the parenting here. Oh my gosh. I really want to hear about the parenting in Haiti. Like what's, well, I mean, I think it's, it's okay. So the funny story is this little girl while I was there cut the tip of her finger off with a machete when she was trying to open a coconut and her grandmother had dragged her kicking and screaming up to the birth center because that's the only place that there's medical care. Uh And so she gets up there and the little girl is screaming and screaming. And Mm -hmm. it is important that we clean this well because she doesn't have running, they don't have running water. Mm -hmm. So it's going to get infected if we're not careful. this girl? I don't know, like nine. So they drag her kicking and screaming and she's screaming and screaming and screaming and the grandmother is holding her down and they're dumping hydrogen peroxide over this child's finger and I can see it foaming and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you know how much that hurts. Yeah. And you know how necessary it is that this finger gets clean. Yeah. So she's screaming. The grandmother is yelling at her and, and the, the other midwives are trying to hold this child down. And of course I, with the way that I parent, I'm like, I lean over to my interpreter and I'm like, do you think that we could just give it a minute and we could talk to her and see if she, you know, like with my children, I would just keep explaining to them, like, this is really important and I know this really hurts. Like, I would take the time to do that. And her grandmother's beating her with a (laughs) flip-flop. Like, she's like just wailing at this child to be quiet while they pour. Okay. And my interpreter laughs at me. Like, that is never happening here. Like, We're lady, not talk to her about this. So, okay. I, I mean, I think it's really my instinct is to be like, oh my God, that's crazy pants, right? But not why, does that, why does that work there? Like, why? I think the stakes are really high there. Yeah, that's that's a great way you to mean, put it. Uh, like, if your finger gets infected, you can die. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we don't have time to be messing around with this when we need to get water. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the stakes are different. And I think also, like, so culturally in the Northeast, we parent a particular way. And then culturally, like, maybe in Florida, you're parenting a different way. Uh I think there's definite cultural parenting that's the norm for wherever you are, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. I I mean, I feel like I totally parent weirdly, but I more... Uh I'm having microphone issues. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not used to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're doing a really good job, so... Um, I totally parent weirdly. I mean, growing up in my house, we had a saying, we're not crazy. We're the locks. Like (laughs) as a way of explaining, like we were just weird. We just, but like it was, it was a good thing. I mean, we felt, I don't know, to hear that somebody, one of my brothers or my parents or something say that would always make me feel better. Like I'm part of the system that works because we're weird, you know? Mm And, um, it may not work for everybody, but I feel like everybody, every parent listening is like, yeah, well, I do this weird thing. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's worked for me. I mean, like last last episode, we got into co-sleeping a lot and I couldn't. And you guys both did with your, with your kids for, mm-hmm. a, for a real long time. Um, and, I, and I'm sure that the instinctive reaction of a lot of listeners was like, oh, what? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in every... In every home, there's something that you do that, like, that you think is weird or that, you know, like, that somebody else might think is weird, I guess. And and 
but you still maybe do that as long as it's a good thing, a positive thing, you know, as long as it isn't like, I don't know, giving your child uh, a tranquilizer or something mm-hmm. like that to get them to go to sleep or, you know, there are some things that are weird and very bad, right? But if it's, if it's the only way that, you know, he gets to sleep is if I rub his belly. Well, you're not going to be rubbing his belly when he's 17. Nope. Right? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> None of my kids sleep with me. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's a, maybe. I haven't seen my kid's belly since. I know, I right? That's <laughs> for years. For a long, long time. Yeah. Right. Do you feel like you parent weirdly? No, I don't. I, I, I'm trying. I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm hung up on the word weird. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, I think if someone were to characterize, if my kids, okay, this, uh, if they were to characterize me, uh, I, I think I give them a lot of space. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lenient mm-hmm. and uh, pretty respectful. Um, I hear stories of these other parents that are extremely strict and rule oriented, and I'm not. And again, I'm not saying we don't have rules, but we're more about focusing on the things you can do versus just the things you can't do. And we really don't try to control too much. Yeah, and that's. It's just worked for us. So I, yeah. if that's weird, I guess I'm weird, but I don't think that's weird. <laughs> mm. I think that's... Uh, respectful parenting. It's yeah. respectful, <laughs> but I also think it's it's more... Uh, I, I don't want to sound like uh, like evolved. I mean, you they th- these kids are dealing with so much, so many issues going around them. I just feel like adding more issues, being adding more rules, adding more this and that, mm-hmm. um, more fear, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just don't see how that adds any value to their world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so if that makes me weird, mm-hmm. I, I guess I am. <laughs> like I don't worry about things like some other people worry about. Um, Maybe it's the weird word. Yeah. I yeah. Because like I, I'm a home birth midwife. That's really weird to a lot of people. Uh-huh. Like the uh-huh. mainstream is to go to a hospital. When I say right? to people, not only do I homeschool, but I don't use any curriculum unless my kids decide they want it. That seems really odd. Yeah. Yeah. To most people. Yeah. I guess yeah, that's where. It, it does. Yeah. That's what I mean by weird. By weird. Well, yeah. I, so I think of, I mean, I think we wear our weirdness in my house as like a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking that one of the reasons maybe we do that is to deflect somebody else's judgment. Somebody who doesn't know us, like, uh, I don't know, just as an example, this is maybe this isn't the best example, but sometimes, uh, you know, young people, not I'm talking like young men usually um, do, uh, you know, there have been people who have committed a, the terrible crime of massacring a bunch of people in a school or in a mall mm-hmm. or at work or whatever. And a few years ago now, um, somebody, a, a young man, committed a massacre like that in Colorado. And the big news was that he was homeschooled. Mm. And I felt like when, and I, I totally mm. took this as a judgment on homeschoolers. Yeah, oh, I you know, too. that's the kind of environment that creates mass murders. Right. But the thing is, like, he's the only one. I mean, you mm-hmm. never hear, like, they never say, oh, this public school student. Right. Or this that's former true. public school because student. Because it's, you, it's used yeah. as an identifier to accentuate the weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah that, and, and I feel like embracing the weird when, especially giving kids the message that, like, everybody's weird it's fine you know <laughs> you got to do your thing get your freak on whatever and <laughs> and then it gives them 
some kind of like safety feeling when somebody else disparages their world Mm -hmm. you know so if i if if we're not crazy we're the locks can excuse oh god my mother used to drive me crazy by like singing all the she she's a she's got the most gorgeous voice she sang for the pope i mean Mm -hmm. she's really a good got a really really good she sang at both you know my brother and my's wedding um or when my dad would like and now I do this all the time. My dad would stretch in public. He would like lean against a wall and stretch out his calves or whatever. And I totally do that. And um, it was so much, it was so good to be able to say, oh, we're not crazy. We're the locks. Because then if somebody's like, what the fuck is with your dad? You know, you can be like, <laughs> it's be just like the screw way you. It's, it's just the way we are. Yeah. And, and it gives you something positive to like rally around when you feel, especially, you know, as a young person, when you just mm. feel uncomfortable or out of place or judged. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you when you first said that I parent, you said I parent weirdly. Like my thought was, maybe if we say that, it's a way of sort of deflecting judgment. I don't know. How do you guys mm-hmm. feel? Do I you feel, feel like, like it's that? a um, for me? It's a um, it's a confidence thing, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm pretty confident in the way that I feel like I parent. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not looking for um, acceptance around that. Like I'm happy with the way that my kids have. Yeah, quote turned out for yeah. the most part. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I feel like it works for our family. I feel mm-hmm. like it's I've created the world that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel like my kids are weird. Like they sort of fit right in. They don't seem yeah. unusual or weird in the yeah. world. Um, and for me, the the yeah, they like have they have jobs. They go to they, college. They wear they... like normal jeans. Yeah. They <laughs> skateboard and yeah. play guitar. Like they're not weird in the terms of like what you like the homeschooler weird like our hairdresser goes wow your kids are like not weird in their homeschool like I think that's yeah. like I don't think they're weird I think the way that I raise them is unconventional is that- oh I love that word yes so that so Angela's saying that might be a better I don't word. like the word weird but the word unconventional makes a lot I, more sense I'd, I'd have to say our family um we we kind of like to fly off the grid we just don't like to be in this the the oh the the mainstream what everyone is doing we kind of mm-hmm. keep to ourselves like one of the things I loved when we homeschooled was we got to vacation anytime we wanted, you know? Yeah. And so we'd be out there and going, well, we're, you know, we're skiing today or we're doing this today. Yeah. And it's like that, that, that kind of, uh, characterizes what I think we've always been like, like we, we understand what everyone else is doing, but we're over here doing this, doing our own thing. And, yeah. uh, I'd have to say that character, unconventional, unconventional. Yeah, that's a great way. To, yeah. That's I don't a really think my great kids ever felt. I mean, they, they get sick of answering the same questions when they were younger, like, Oh, you know, what grade are you in? You know, and they're like, okay, like, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that's hard concept for people. That's yeah. the first thing you say to a kid, what grade are you in? You know, what are you, what are you interested in in school? And they're right. like, well, and then you have to launch yeah. into this you, huge yeah. explanation of yourself. Jay, Jay used to say, I mean, he used to say, um, he was always the one who was much more, uh, Angela's leaning I'm, around I'm drinking water, but you, um, you taught me to move. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was always much more like, oh, why? saying that like when Mm -hmm. the when the 50th person said to him Mm -hmm. when he was like five and somebody Mm -hmm. said oh no school today and he'd be like why does every adult say that and not disrespectfully at all and in fact Mm -hmm. every time he did say that to an adult to the person who had just asked them they'd be like 
huh you know that is interesting like that's just something that you say it's kind of like saying to an adult oh what do you do for work yeah yeah, yeah. you don't know yeah. what else you don't when know what else to say. when we're skiing so we're just coming off of a of ski season and like skiing is our phys ed in, in the winter time we're really fortunate to live um near a, a small learning mountain and they they offer great deals so like we've we've this has been a Doing thing for, for like years, four years right? now for us and longer for, it, for both of you yeah. and i i feel like uh, what did i start talking about skiing um, we were on the weird, uh, Jay always got asked the question. And so it's just what we do. We ask, what are you doing in school or what are you doing at work? Yeah. And yeah. Said, um, I, I, I can't. Okay. Anyway, anyway um, come back. skiing is something that we do and yeah, it's wonderful. And, um, maybe just the unconventionalness of it, you yeah. know, like I, I kind of feel like with my older one, um, being able to learning how to snowboard has helped him. It's like character development. I mean, mm. it's helped him come back from so many like he he was born with um a foot that was you know not like other people's feet and so it needed to be operated on and he's always had bad balance and when he was like uh, you know if i'm gonna if i'm gonna see my friends if i'm gonna do this really cool thing i need to become a good snowboarder so how can mm-hmm. i do that and the way that he did it like ended up it's affected the, all of the rest of his life i mean he that's you know great. in a really really good way so yeah um that is very unconventional too. That's mm-hmm. an unconventional way, I think, to, to come up with that. But maybe every listener is like, let me know. You know, mm-hmm. we turned out okay.com slash contact. Come and tell mm-hmm. us like, are you, do you feel like a weird or unconventional parent? <laughs> and do you wear that badge with pride or are you like, nobody Uh-oh. see our weirdness? <laughs> <laughs> and also maybe the younger your kids are, I noticed this, the older the boys got, the more comfortable I was with the idea of like, we're not doing this like everybody else. And right. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So, but right. when, when your kids are young, I don't know. Let me know how you feel about that. I really am I'm curious, like listeners, what you what you think of that. And I mean, that was definitely true for me. As my kids got older, I got way more confident. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah. So then, you know, the huge age gap. So what, as Ryan turned out okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I felt like, oh, okay. You yeah. Know, like I we could did something see, right here. Like that was okay. I yeah. mean. I think the pressure has gone from, wow, unschoolers, unconventional weirdness to the pressure of unschoolers, you're supposed to be like the best at the spelling bee. So I've seen it go like mm. really in a different direction. Yeah. Like I say to my, like people are like, oh, you homeschool, that's so hard and your yeah. kids must be so smart. You must and be I'm such like, a saint. You know what? Nope. <laughs> they're average people. Yeah. Like they're not like the pressure of the homeschooling community now is growing. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, I used to hate when people would be like, you must be such a saint. I'd be like, no, you have so much patience. Yeah, right. Not actually, I don't. (laughs) Actually, not not necessarily. (laughs) I do, do, but I don't think it's... But for us, it was... I mean, I could always come back to that question of like, oh, you must... Like, it's so unconventional... It's, I admire you so much for doing this. Yeah, and, that's and I'd be one. like, Oh, I can't. I yeah, do I could it, never do it, know? whatever. And I'd be like, well, I mean, our home life when Max was in first grade and like losing body weight and, mm. and waking up every night of the school year with these horrible night terrors and 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 getting migraine that headaches. That takes and more like, patience and, to it was, deal with that. And then you'd <laughs> still, like, he wouldn't want to eat and he wouldn't want to do his homework and he would just go to school and come home, like, without saying anything. He lost his personality. Yeah. That was, I would feel like he was falling down a well in slow mm-hmm. motion mm-hmm. and I couldn't get him. Mm. And um, so homeschooling, all that stopped. I mean, there were no more night. He never had another night terror. Mm. Uh, he, he had nightmares, but nightmares are very different than night terrors. He That's never, right. you know, he only got headaches from sc- too much screen time after that. Like there were these, there were these things that, 
it was so damn much easier to homeschool because you yeah. didn't have the same yeah pressures i mean right you know, and like why is my kid and well and we we won't go into but then um you med people are being encouraged to medicate their kids so they can yeah. help them deal with it and i mean it goes on and on yeah. you know yeah. and uh, and as a parent like what do you do you know if you if you if you if you're worried about like not wanting to medicate and here is an authority figure like a teacher or something saying, oh, this is this is really mm -hmm. where you need to go. And you're like, are there any other options? Is there anything right. else I can do? I don't right. know. I'm so scared. And um, I mean, that's a that's a really rough feeling. I, mean, I think that's why a lot that's of people you were. make. Yeah, yeah, sort of make that we were actually it was recommended to us that Max should get psychological help and should be placed on medicine. And Aww. we were like no way <laughs> and look at look what you I did know, choose I, to do yeah solve his and i issues. look at him now and i just i just thank my lucky stars i mean i really do mm -hmm. um but i think stepping away like confronting that authority figure and saying no we're going this other way that's weird and i embrace that mm -hmm. <laughs> Me too. and i think that it, for us it really worked i mean for somebody for somebody else there might be another better weird way to go you know what i mean mm -hmm. that that wasn't this way but i think it's the idea of standing up and saying all right i'm i'm disagreeing and i'm gonna try and make some kind of change yeah right and yeah. knowing your kid i mean i think yeah. every kid every one of my kids is so different so nothing that works with one kid has worked with another kid mm -hmm. so i have kids who are on medicine for anxiety disorders mm -hmm. and i think i wish that i had done that sooner yeah. So I think you you have to you have to really know your kid and trust mm. your gut and do the best yeah. that you can as a parent. Yeah. And then say you're sorry a lot. I mean, yeah. I think mm -hmm. the truth of it is parenting is super hard. Right. Yeah. So whether you have to get up in the morning and get your kids off to school and deal with the migraines and the headaches and all of that, or whether you have to homeschool them and worry about their education and are they ever gonna I mean I think it's just hard yeah. I think all around <laughs> you pick your hard stuff it's right. just hard to be a parent the yeah. weight of it is enormous if you take it very very seriously yeah well yeah. said yeah, yeah. it's yeah. true I agree I agree well all right moving on um do we get the light topic now? Yeah. I thought that was the light topic. That was the light <laughs> one. So, oh my God, we so got the heavy one coming up. No. Well, so we are not light topic people. No, I, don't I know. But there's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's a deepness about this that I yeah. love and I think that listeners yeah. are really, you know, really resonating with because like we can laugh. I mean, we've done a lot of, a lot of laughing, right? During mm -hmm. this, this conversation, but um it's still, I, I find parenting the best experience mm. I've ever had. Yeah, the toughest job yeah. you'll ever love. I have a, I have a girlfriend. Um, she's 33 now, and she's pregnant with her first. And I, I'm just so excited for her because, mm -hmm. wow, you know, it's, it's such a journey. Yeah. It's a great journey. It's like I find I've never been so tested and so stressed, but I've also never had that much joy ever. Yeah. And yep. it, it was, it, it, it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do things that you're just like, why? Mm. <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. stuff that you never would imagine. Right. I feel yeah. like they stretch you to a place oh, yes. of growth and that yes. you could never be stretched to yes. any other yeah. way. Because yeah. yes, you love this being more than anything. And then there are times I've got to be honest where I'm like, actually, I hate this being yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. wish I never did this. This was a huge mistake. There would be times when um, when Bryn and Wyatt were very small, like we're mm. like one and three or two and four. I 
was convinced their sole goal was to get me committed into an asylum. <laughs> like it's like between the two of them and I would be holding my patients and holding my patients and they kept going and going and finally I'd blow my top and the two of them would be laughing. Yeah. Like they got yeah. me they got they me got to you. blow up. Yeah. You know, I would yeah. be like, honestly. So it goes to your point, like you 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 have to deal with your yeah. issues. You have to so deal with your they're gonna use your issues. This is a really good segue into what I think is has got to be next, which is Mr. Mom. Oh, yeah. Over there. And the yes. reason I'm thinking about it, Angela, yeah. uh, that that was yours is because you were not in love with with being the stay-at-home parent. Am no. I right about that? Uh, yeah, I did it because I felt it's important. Yeah. And I think it goes to the attachment parent. So like, you know what I'm just remembering? In the last episode, which is now two weeks ago for everybody listening, uh, you described, like, you, you sort of gave your backstory, right? Yeah. Would you share a little bit about, uh, you know, your corporate lawyer yeah. and... <clears throat> and okay. like the timeline of what you know when yeah. when you were at home and when Gary was at home and stuff. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I became an attorney at the age of thirty-two. So I was well into my career in the computer technology field as a um, first as a system en- engineer and then as an account manager, and uh, went to law school. So law was a it was a great fit. Always has been. Um, and then. So we came out here. I uh, from California. Sat, right? From California, yeah. sat for the bar in 1997. Got pregnant in 1998. I was working at the time as a as a corporate attorney. And when our daughter was born in 99, mm-hmm. March of 99, so she's almost 18. Um, <coughs> we knew I I was going to stay home. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes to that attachment parenting. It just it was never in my mind that. The only thought was maybe if I could work from home a little bit, like part-time, but I, it was never in our plan to not have one of us at home. Mm-hmm. Okay. My husband had a good corporate job, uh, decent insurance, the whole bit. So we bought, a, we bought a modest house, and there we were. So we were home. And then my son is born. 21 months later, I'm home with the kids. I naturally am not well fit to an unstructured day Mm -hmm. I and when you are a parent of small kids and you're around you realize it's you can't be you I mean structure is good but you've also got to be pretty uh what is it flexible Mm -hmm. you know because things aren't going to unfold exactly as you always just goes up the back in the diaper oh yeah yeah or you (laughs) I remember one time I was trying to like I decided you know, I was, I was, had cabin fever and I'm going to take Bryn to Barnes and Noble and she's a baby. And it, it, like 20 minutes into trying to, you know, get her into the, the, the baby coat, you know, the, the zip up ones. And she had, I had to change her diaper. It was like 20 minutes into the, and I'm like, oh, forget it. You yeah, know, this is like, just too much. Yeah. I'm not going to go to Barnes and Noble staying home. It's stuff like that. So anyway, yes, naturally I don't work well in that type of environment. Um, I don't work well with, I'm dealing with kids who challenge every little, everything I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that that's going to hold. But so yeah, I, you're so, you're, I mean, you argue for a living, right? Like that. Right, right. But I mean, but it's the, argue it's the, with I a want, toddler. Oh yeah. I want my God. shoes yeah. on and off yeah. and I'm going to scream because you can't make that And happen. it's like yeah. a constant, yeah. like <laughs> living in a, um, in a fire station. There's a constant fire drill going yeah. on. Ah, you know, you got to jump up and go, go deal with the fire. And anyway. So when Gary was laid off, <laughs> Brynn and Wyatt were uh, three and five at the time, 
And we decided that he was going to start his own historic tour business which in Boston, is which awesome. he's still doing to this yep, day. So that yep. was a great, a great thing because he's very passionate. Um, we're into this about a year and a half, and it's a seasonal business. And we were looking in front of a winter where we were going to have no income coming in. And we'd already been draining through our savings. Long story short, although I hadn't planned to go back to work right away, I don't know when I was planning to go back, um, we decided, hey, maybe I can go find work during the winter. And so in uh, January of 2006, I got a contract position at uh, Sea Change International, which is in Acton. And How old were the kids? They were, uh, Wyatt had just turned five, okay. and Bryn was six, almost seven. And I remember in my mind going, well, Gary is their parent too. I mm -hmm. guess I could leave them with him. Like, <laughs> that's how yeah. attached I was yeah. to my kids. Yeah. It's like, I'm, you know, is it okay to leave it with, with, yeah. him, with him? And um, then we switched roles. So, uh, and we switched roles ever since. Yeah. So you're, you're, so we went from Gary being the sole income breadwinner and me stay at home to immediate flip where I'm the sole income earner, and he's the one at home. Um, and with, we, with three- and five-year-old children. With a new puppy. And a new puppy. I remember, you know, I remember uh, my hairdresser at the time saying, if you really want to drive the point home about being a stay-at-home <laughs> mom, she goes, get a puppy. <laughs> and sure enough, that... that That's what happened. So I'd have to say I enjoyed the transition because mm -hmm. now, mind you... I am, I'm haggard and disheveled every day, you know, barely showering. Nobody's listening to anything I'm saying. They uh -huh. don't care. And I can never even sit and have a cup of coffee without being interrupted to suddenly I get to dress up and shower every morning. And, and when they go, mommy, 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 I go, go see your dad. Go see your dad. Bye. And then off I go to work. And then I get to go to the coffee machine and talk to people yeah. without being interrupted. And then the best was somebody coming in my, into my office and they asked me something. And I gave them some advice. And they said, great idea. Thank you. And they walked off. And I remember thinking, wow, that feels good. Somebody actually listen to me and didn't challenge what I'm saying. <laughs> and we're grateful. And they were, and grateful. were grateful. What a yep. concept. Yep. So I, um, I did fine with all of that. Um, but I still, I still missed my kids a lot. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. but I was, but I, again, justified it saying, you know, Gary's home with them. I think Gary had the, a challenge. I remember, I have a funny story to tell you one time, because when you switch roles like that, all the things switch. Suddenly, I'm the one making money, and he's the one spending the money because uh -huh. he's at home going grocery shopping. Stuff. Yeah. So now suddenly, I'm questioning everything that's being purchased, right? <laughs> so I we switched into those roles too, right? Yeah. So one time I come home, and he had gone to Bed Bath and Beyond and had purchased some new uh, towels, some stuff, and I walk by and I see the Bed Bath and Beyond bag at the, on the stairs, and I'm like what it why did you need to buy that like what, <laughs> you know we didn't need new towels or whatever and he goes he goes listen i'm the house bitch now <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like touche good job yeah, yeah. <laughs> like stay don't out of you, my biz. I, you stay off of my turf yeah you know? yeah <laughs> oh i love that. yeah no so we I and that. i felt proud because uh he got to 
have that attachment time yeah. with mm-hmm. the kids. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I also felt proud that they got to see when they see their parents working as a team yeah. in all aspects, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the model I think families deal with. I was just talking about my friend who's having a baby. She makes more money and has the health insurance. He's going to stay home with the baby. Uh-huh. And, and they work as a team, right? Wow. And you just work on... How much income can you make? How much can I make? What are, what are, how are we going to work as a team? And I felt really good about being able to demonstrate for our kids the team approach. Like as their dad was growing a business, we need money. Okay, mom's going to take a shower each morning and drive off and um, go yeah. make some money. And that's and look at that. It, it can be done. Yeah. So I, I, li- I did like that. But I also, I was tired after mm-hmm. seven years of that. So, of, of of being at home being the so mom, i i, I actually did did enjoy it but that uh, that also gets old by the way <laughs> you know <laughs> um i re- i was remembering as you were talking about do do you remember when uh gary had the kids down at a park day oh you're going to talk about when he had the long hair and and, and he was a dad. He yeah. was a man oh, at yeah. Park Day, and somebody called the police on him. Yes. Well, the story so is crazy. we had the new puppy, yep. right? We had the, a Bernese Mountain Dog, cute, adorable puppy. Oh, so And cute. my husband, since he does historic reenacting in the historic tour company, he was wearing his hair very long. Yep. So he's a middle-aged man, probably about 44 at the time, with this long hair in a ponytail, in a sweatshirt. Yep. And a story on Oprah had just come out that week about pedophiles um, posing, you know, going to parks and then um, getting kids to talk via using a dog. A dog. So it was in people's minds. And sure enough, Gary (laughs) goes to the park with With the the kids kids. with this long hair and a dog. (laughs) And he's like trying to encourage kids to come up and talk to them at the dog somebody <laughs> called the cops oh. <laughs> and he's and he and he's so the cops come up to check up on and he's like no 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 i'm a, I'm a dad these yeah, are my kids are there, i have children with I'm me i'm legitimately <laughs> here you know but he, he actually said that was the only time in his life that he felt what it must be like to be profiled mm. yeah like, to be picked on mm, just because yeah. of the way he looks so, uh, yeah, that's a funny story. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. <laughs> I, one of the uh, other things I remember from, cause growing up, uh, you know, up until a few years ago, we lived right down the street from each other. And, mm-hmm. um, I remember, so we really got to know you guys when the kids were a little older, maybe like, I don't know, seven and five. Our kids. Yeah. Our kids. Both, both of ours. Oh, so I was when, close to being, what year did you move in? We uh, moved in in 2004. Okay, because I went back in January 2006. So you had about a year of me being home. But, and we, then, but well, we, we did didn't we even really know meet, each other. No, we didn't. We okay, actually, so Gary mostly, was all dressed up. He mostly was, it was Gary at home, right? Yeah, okay. so so it was, it was totally Gary at home. But okay. I remember that there there was a... There was like a day when, because we used to have a school. You guys lived right next door to a we school. Were next, ironically. Ironically. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then um, there was voting at the school. So <clears throat> Gary was all dressed up one day in his like Ben Franklin kind yep. of outfit yep. with the long hair and everything. And he was, he was, he was like, I don't remember what he was campaigning for, but he, I feel like he was holding a sign. Yeah, he was. He was somebody. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I forget. And, him. and we got to talking and... I, I, our friendship kind of started then. I feel like maybe Max was six, which mm, means that like it was right. pretty well just when you went back to school or went back to work. 
But so whenever we would hang out at your place, like our kids were real readers. Mm. They, t- they, and they still do. They really take information in. There's almost no writing. Like my kids hate to write, but which mm. is so funny because they love to like talk and debate and they've got these really big ideas and stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. we would go to the Gregory's mm-hmm. and there would be like the kids at like five and seven would have these like written sort of statements on doors all and over all the place. TVs. Yeah, but you remember, liked that. I yeah. love that. I love that. And I remember like they used to argue that way. Like they'd be like... <laughs> I don't let it. Bryn blah 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 and then why would be like or Bryn would be like well you said I couldn't use <laughs> <laughs> it's all written down it's so funny and now and you know what that goes back to the notion of weird yeah I guess some people would think that's yeah. bizarre you know like if they wanted to like tape a statement on the wall why not you yeah. know yeah. by the way my my son is um he loves graffiti and if you walked into our house right now, you'd see the walls of his room. Uh, we've allowed him Our to paint. And, and it's, you know, what's interesting. Um, I think I'm going to be sad when we finally paint over that. Yeah. I'm going to miss yeah. it. You know, who is um, it? Who is the, he passed away of pancreatic cancer, but before he did, he, he was a professor. At, oh, oh, it was oh, called he wrote the, the he, last, he, the um, last lecture, yeah, the last lecture, Randy Posh. Randy Posh, I is think that, that was his name. And one of his things is that like, w- exactly. let them paint their rooms. No, like, actually, them- you, I thought of him when I when I was considering whether Wyatt could do this to his room. Mm. Yeah. Because I, he specifically stated in that book, the last lecture, that his parents allowed him and his friends yes. to write on the walls of his room. Yep. Mm-hmm. And here he was at the end of his life, for those that know, he, he as a young man, came down with cancer yeah. and even, and he had little children too. And so this book, the last lecture is about it was him the, just giving his anecdotes yeah, of life. And, it was like the, it was how to achieve your dreams, I think was what it was called. And oh. it was this lecture that he gave to his, um, his class of like visual, virtual reality students. He was like yeah, a physics computer or science computer science or something yeah. like that kind but of professor. He, but he was saying like, let him do it. Big yeah, deal. Yeah. You know, and that, <laughs> see, and that, that resonated with yeah, me very yeah. much. He and tells a story about getting into his brand new gorgeous car and he's got his nieces and nephews with him or something like that. And, and they spilled a Coke or they, something. No, he, right? he opened up a soda and like poured it all over the seats and basically <gasps> oh. said like, you can do what, like what matters to me isn't that you spill in my car. I'm not right. going to be upset about that. What matters to me is that you're in my car and you're enjoying yourself. Oh. And- and, you're having fun uh, everything so like that so. that that book yes epitomizes yeah. the attitude i attempt to have yeah, yeah is let that small shit go, go. don't exactly. worry about it yeah you know i will be able to sand the walls and paint them but i'll tell you that being able to watch my son unleash his creativity and and save the other walls of Westboro, by the yeah. way. <laughs> to save good point. business owners, they're probably yeah. thanking me. Yeah. No, but to watch <clears throat> him unleash his creativity, that's what's... And and who knows where he will go in life, you know? Gosh. Um, who knows? Maybe he'll be some great artist, and yeah. we'll, I'll be able to go, well, look what we did, you know, and we let you do that. Yeah. So who knows? So this is segueing really well into into my topic. Did you, Dina, you've been you've been very quiet over here no, with I've the Mr. Mom. I've just been listening. Yeah, 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 which is great. Yeah. So so do you have anything you want to contribute, or do you want me to move on um, to I mean, I think we didn't split like that. I mean, my husband is an engineer, and he makes more, way more money than I do. Mm-hmm. But when my son was one, my last son was one. So for the last 15 years, I went back to work 
pretty full time by the time he was four. Right. So we were both working working full time. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we both had jobs where he was a contractor and I was a midwife. So we could finagle it. And where someone uh, was home tag team. Yeah. And cool. um, my parents live close by. So they were able to sort of like fill in gaps. Mm-hmm. And then I took the last couple of years off because my kids were teenagers. And honestly, I think the teenage thing, you you need to be around yeah. sometimes. Yeah. You do. yeah. Um, and so I was fortunate enough that my husband had a job where I could do that. Yeah. Um, and I found it really, really challenging for us to both be working full time and both be trying to hold up so many pieces of a family. Mm-hmm. I think that was really hard. And I think people who can do that and do it well, I admire them. Because I don't feel like those were our most stellar parenting years. Yeah. No, I think it was let's, really hard. Let's call it out. Any family who's managing all of that. I mean, that's... Whew. It's a lot. Yeah. Nobody was in charge of the home. Yeah. And then nobody was in charge of the work. And so that became a constant tension between us. Like, who is making dinner? Like, we weren't good at doing that. And the nature of my work is almost all the time overnight. And then, you know, you're tired and then you're taking kids to activities and stuff. So I think two full-time working parents without with with not my skill set is not that to be really really good at then homeschooling my children Mm. i think that was Mm -hmm. those were really challenging years for our family yeah yeah Yeah. um thinking about graffiti yeah and and things that kids really love to do or want to do uh the the last topic that i have for today is i'm i've been thinking a lot about this about helping our kids what I think of as helping them not hate their own voice. Mm. So when I was um, growing up, I had I had parents who really were into stuff. Like my dad studied and got his pilot's license. You know, mm. he, he was an avid t- and they were playing tennis. Your and parents skiers. Were skiers. And, Your mom yep. had a ton of interest. Yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom did all these amazing kind of creative things, and um, and she was this she singer. was a really good singer and stuff. And actually, it was about the singing that I'm thinking about this because wrote a book. Yep, she did. That's right. She wrote a book. Yep. Um, started started businesses. She started businesses. (laughs) Yep. And uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, that was a really good, those were really good role models to have because they both were really invested in things. You know what I mean? Not, I don't mean material things, but they were, they had real, they had real passions. They had real interests. And to, to me, like I remember having this conversation with my mom one time where I was, I sang in a women's choir in at UConn. So the only way um, I wanted to go to Europe, I wanted to go to Italy, and I approached uh, a, an early childhood teacher. Um, she was a music, she was like a crossover music department slash early childhood. And um, her class, the class I took with her was called like music for the classroom teacher, basically. And I said to her, listen, I'm, I'm hoping that you'll write a letter of reference for me so I can go to Europe. And she said, she said, I'll write that for you as long as when you come back, you promise to join my women's choir. (laughs) And I was like, okay. Okay. And um, so I went back and I was like, I remember thinking, saying to my mom, you know, God, like, why does she want me? Like, Mm. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have a very good voice or whatever and my mom was like wait a minute she goes she goes there's always going to be people who are going to tear down your voice she mm. says that is not your job don't waste time hating your oh, own voice god what a great and piece it was, of advice it was such a, and i and like now don't when waste I think time about it, tearing it down don't yourself. waste time hating your own voice and i i've really extended that into more than just like 
you know, like a lot of times on the podcast, people will be like, oh, I hate hearing myself, whatever. And I don't, I've never felt that way. I've always embraced, like, this is what I sound like. This That's is fine. your voice. You yeah. know? Um, and like, it extends to, to beyond like your literal voice, I feel like, and, and into, I don't like this word, but I can't think of a better one. Maybe you guys will be able to, your kind of authenticity. Like, yeah. what is it about you that that's a good word. What do yeah. you, what do you love? Like, what do you, yes. like for yes. your son, it's, it's graffiti yes. on his bedroom walls. Yes. You know what I mean? And, uh, it, for, for, for everybody, it's something. Yes. And I think sometimes we can, we can make a real mistake in giving kids oh, the man. message that like, whatever their thing is, whatever their voice is, it's like, I mean, and we, we I think it comes from a place of our own worries. Like I can remember, when Max was a kid, he was really into Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon and he wanted to go and he wanted to play those games all the time. Like he was so obsessed with them. And we'd be like, is this good for him in the long run? Like, what is this going to do for him? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, what it's done is it's created an eminently logical mm-hmm. kid who's, he's just got a really formative way of thinking. I mean, we, we got into a discussion recently about like why he loved those games. And he said, he said, what I loved was figuring out he said, there's always a way in every deck to win decisively. And he says, but it, it, you have to, you have to figure out like how to set that up, how to take advantage of whatever the other person's cards are, how to, you have to keep so many balls in the air. Oh, and I mean, when, I when he this. was a kid and he just loved it, we didn't understand mm. that, but like that, that's for him become, that's what he loves about science. That's yes, what he loves about yes. like thinking about the world. And so, oh. so my question is, like for you guys I want to jump in I want to jump in and speak because uh, I think like wow right now I'm feeling like if I was like a hundred years old and I'm giving my you know back (laughs) what I'd say to the you know know, really seriously what what my life is about it is about that you know you find it in the bible you find it you have to find out what your spiritual gifts are you have to that is what you're here to deliver and give to the world and don't we admire those anybody who's great in any particular uh life venture when it's a passion of theirs and uh, and it's it's just who they are, and they're, and yeah. they're whether you're a songwriter or you've written a great play. I've been hearing great things about Hamilton, and uh, you, you know, or musicals, or, or a book, Harry Potter. Yeah, like okay, there's a great. I, I can come up with just mil- so many examples of where it's just within, you know, the person, and it had to come out. So when one of my favorite things, if not the favorite things, about being a parent is I feel like I'm the gardener and I watch these flowers and I truly gain joy in watching them bloom. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a rose or a daisy or a hydrangea, whatever you call this. uh, I just love seeing what blooms in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I would immediately pick up on if there's something that my kid is passionate about. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's undeniable. You you notice it because yeah. they they are they no, nothing is they're just driven to do it right, and they're all very different. I treat I would treat that as watching a flower bloom. Yeah. And what is it? And that is exactly why I can't tell you why Wyatt, my our son, 
he loves graffiti. You guys, he's got an Instagram account. Wow. He said he begs us to go to uh, the city, and he will videotape all the graffiti, and he knows all the <laughs> artists, and 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 he does his room, and he tags everything he sees, you know. And <laughs> I, I don't know what it's all going to lead to, as I was saying earlier. But I certainly know I would much rather watch the flowers bloom than to get all hung up on what kind of flower it is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Like, well, that's not the flower I was yeah. expecting to yeah. grow. And therefore, yeah. and you it rarely is the flower. You're, you're not the right color. <laughs> you're, that, that color. No. And to get all hung up on the, the paint on the walls. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Look at the bloom. Yeah. Of the flower, for goodness sake. Yeah. And, and, and then to, to uh, facilitate and foster an environment where that actually is being encouraged yeah. and that's actually being recognized. Now this goes to my husband and, and why he's passionate. He, my husband was one of these um, people who he'd be down in the basement making model airplanes, coming up with, you know, his own designs. And he was just this brilliant, like entrepreneur. No one noticed anything. By the way, he, he grew up in like uh, Akron, Ohio very very standard white bread you know and no one noticed his his intense creativity mm-hmm. and that really bothered him and he feels that as an adult he would dampen his own voice as your mother said mm-hmm. anytime he came up with a great idea a great business concept he would turn the sprinklers on he said he himself he himself he said it was like that when the fire got lit of an idea he had an internal sprinkler system that would just drown it out because no one ever noticed yeah and so between the two of us we are really passionate about this one thought is is let's let the flowers bloom let's recognize the flowers let's throw fertilizer on it let's let's see what comes yeah because that is what's delivering to the universe yeah. the prize yeah. of whoever this yeah. person is meant to be. Do you see it that so, way, Dina? I do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, um, I think when you have a baby, you think you're going to get like a sunflower <laughs> and yeah. sometimes you get a daisy yeah, or vice versa. And I think it's really challenging for a lot of people to, to just look at the person for who they are. Mm-hmm. And I also think as parents, we take a lot on as far as, you know, doing it right or creating a certain path for our children. And we worry. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's easy to put all that on you. And I think the beauty of having multiple kids is that I can see that they are who they are. Yeah. Like they, that yeah. I had very little to do with what kind of flower they are. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's so... I think that's a really, mm. a really great analogy, the the flower thing, because yeah. we can get so caught up. You know, I, I know they're all someone beautiful. Who, yeah, they're all beautiful. Well, I, I'm just thinking of mm. someone that I knew growing up who just wanted to play the guitar and was literally made to play the accordion mm-hmm. because his dad loved the accordion and wanted to hear the accordion, wanted he could play it, but he couldn't play it. So the yeah. son was sort of me. And when, when the son was like, listen, I'm actually going to, I'm 18 now. I'm giving up the accordion and I'm going over to the guitar. I mean, the dad was so heartbroken and upset because he'd invested so much of himself mm. in this. And, you know, there's just this, mm. it's a, it's a voice thing again. I mean, it, it's and a worry thing. I mean, I know like I have a writer and a musician yeah. and, you know, like I don't have, and I have one who's probably going to be an engineer, but mm-hmm. and a skateboarder dude, like, yeah. Yeah. um, there's a worry as a parent 
And I think, again, this goes to the pressure that yeah. everybody's under in our where, society. Where does that worry How come are they from? going to make money? money. How are they How going, are they going yeah, to make money? How are right. they going to make a living? You know, and I have this super passion for teenagers. I'm not a fan of like little babies. They're fine. <laughs> You're a midwife. That's I know. So I'm a fan of the mommies. I yeah. really am in love with oh, okay. the transition of a woman becoming a mom. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as like the babies go, like I'm not a person who likes to sit still like that. Luckily, mm. my husband is the baby walker yeah. and a baby yeah. whisperer. Um, I love teenagers. And one of the most beautiful things I find about teenagers is finding their voice. Yes. They're yes. all yes. so angsty and, yeah. and cranky and pouty and <laughs> pissy and whatever yeah. they are to you. You know, and a good morning. Why? You know, it, and um, just... I find it so amazing because someone explained to me, it's like they're going in a cocoon. And they're going to come out a butterfly. Uh-huh. But they're in this cocoon phase and it's really kind of gross. Tough. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they are not happy a lot of the time. Yeah. A lot we of the time. as moms or dads are trying so hard to make that be okay for them. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's right. just not where they're at. Right. And um, someone described to me once, and I thought this was great, that when you ask a teenager to put their cup in the sink... It is like asking you on your worst day to do one more thing. Yeah. And so I've kept that in my head with them. I don't think that I was a great mother for my older son as a teenager because I think I was wrapped up in him so much Mm -hmm. and I was so worried and I was so... And he was, just for clarity, I mean, he was, he, he was the child of a divorce, right? That you, so you and he spent some time together, just the two of you sort of before, you know, you, you became a a blended family family and everything. So, And he, um... But I mean, looking over my teenagers, do I think he was the pissiest one? I don't think so. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> I think I was also like, why are you being so mean to me? And what happened to my baby? And it oh. felt like my eighth grade boyfriend was breaking up with me. And, yeah. you know, like it was yeah. just a heart wrenching for me. Yeah. And I think in turn, then my behavior toward him yeah. made him more cranky. Yeah. But I, yeah. I do think that, you know... I love teenagers. I, I'm really passionate about them. I think they're just the most amazing thing yeah. because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a seed, and I have no idea yes. what this flower is going to turn into. And it's, things are unfolding. Yeah. And if you would just pay attention to the parts that are unfolding that are beautiful, yeah. and, and it, let the others st- let that and stop go. worrying. My daughter, my daughter's the the hippie, the artist hippie. Like she would love all these tapestries and Dina's walls here. <laughs> um, but she's got this sticker on her um, her laptop. It's, it's got the Buddha or whatever. It says, let that shit go. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love, love it. it. So, um, did you have like a specific question though? Because we're now like we're no, off into no, our coffee I mean, really, time. It was, it was how do you, <laughs> yeah. how do we help our kids not hate their own voice? And I really think mm-hmm. that's pretty much what we've been, what we've been talking about. But I, I am now thinking of um, Dina, you're, you're, sometimes you will say, I can be anything I want. Oh. And uh, so is this a teenager thing? The like, I can be anything I want. You say I can be anything I want and your kids say. Oh, so I have this belief and I really, really, truly do. <laughs> as not true as it probably is that I actually can do anything. Yes. And I credit my parents for that. Yeah. I think my parents awesome. gave me the feeling that, well, if you wanted to do, if you want to be an astrophysicist, go do that thing. There's yep. nothing stopping you. Go figure it out. Yeah. Um, and we'll help you. Um, so when I say I can do anything I want, my kids respond with things like, well, you can't be an NBA basketball player, can you? 
or you cannot a be a Pokemon. Like, that was my you? favorite. That was my favorite. You cannot be you a Pokemon. You know, and I'm like, well, I could dress up as one. And I could, you know, like we have those little yeah. banders back yeah. and forth. Yeah. But recently, my adult children have said to me, that was really important to us yeah. because we watched you believe that. Yeah. And because you believed you could do anything and you totally believed we right. could. It made us believe in the end yeah. that we probably could. Yeah. You know, yeah. maybe not a Pokemon. But. You know, I got to say mm-hmm. something too on this subject. You know, um, teenagers are really hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. I've noticed yeah. that. You know, and they're their when own you, worst enemy. Exactly. And when you think of the topic, our topic here, when they don't need someone to add to that. They're getting enough of that in their own little world, in yeah. their own mind. Um, another reason to just not. And, you know, and put as we more talked about them. before, like there are things that you deal with as a child, you know, as a young child. So for listeners, you know, if you've got really young kids, you're working on basic trust versus mistrust. You're working on where do I end and the world begins. You're working on play skills and stuff mm-hmm. like that. If those things aren't resolved, they mm. come back. Mm. And there are other things that need to be worked on later. So if you can if you can help them, mm. you know, if you can give them empathy and, and understanding and, and and also firm guidelines and yeah. you know, you know, kind of uphold the rules and be consistent for the most part. We talk about that a lot on the show, like yeah. just how difficult it is to be consistent, but also how kind of important it is to to really do that. And which I find really interesting because I don't see myself as being particularly consistent. But yet, but yet, I mean, no, yeah, do you, you are. Oh, yeah. Do you well, see yeah, that on the on core things that are about you? On very I think few you, things. That you're but very they're consistent. really important things. Yeah. Right. Right. That I mean, that's that's really what it is. If there's if there's sort of a continuum of uh, you know dictatorial parenting way over here and laissez-faire parenting, do anything you want. You know, if you want to walk in the street go ahead kind of parenting mm-hmm. over here we i think every parent is somewhere in the middle of that continuum mm-hmm. and maybe you're closer to the laissez-faire but 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 you still have qualities of both and that's i mean that's really important that's what that's what kids need to see mm-hmm. you know they need that so i we talk a lot about another concept is um that i that was taught to me when i was a, a teacher that i've always retained which is everybody has a little wall a little room in their mind Mm-hmm. and it's a very comfortable room and it's got like nice soft coverings on the furnishings and you know the walls are pretty colors and have lovely tapestries or whatever and um when we parents are inconsistent like if we I usually think of it in a real disciplinary sense so if one day you allow them to run down the hall and the next day you're like hey quit it I said no running down yeah. the hall and then the third day yeah. you're like oh sure go ahead what we're doing is we're moving the kids' walls. Yes. And they keep pushing those walls because they need to know that they are there. Mm-hmm. Like that's, they feel safe when you consistently say no running in the halls. Right. Or if you, you know, if it's fine to run in the halls, then that you consistently yeah. say that. Whatever, like that it is, whatever it is, yeah, be consistent. Yeah, yeah your, whatever okay. it is, be consistent. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, within safety reasoning right. and whatever. But um, I, and those are the kinds of things that little kids are working on so that by the time listeners kids get to the point where they are now uh cranky teenagers you've you've got Mm -hmm. some really important things in place like you you Angela were saying before Mm -hmm. about I don't remember if this was about why it's challenging me on certain things yeah Yeah. see he he will drop it because yeah because he knows we've already established if I'm if I'm certain and I'm definitive about the no 
he knows, he knows. he's not going to go anywhere yeah. with it. So he gives it up yeah. really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. I think that's really, really cool. Really important. Well, yeah. we have three minutes left wow. before we're at one hour. And of course my brain is like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> that topic alone is really yes. fascinating. Yeah. It, it really, yeah, it is. It really, it really is. is. It really um, is. I feel like. Because now I don't want to say anything because I'll open up a whole other discussion. Yeah, well, <laughs> we have three minutes. Is there a God? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have, we have three. Is there a God? We have three minutes because we've got a sort of self-imposed hour. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's also, it's, it's, I mean, it's 20 to three. So mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. people have things they got to do and places to go and stuff like that. So uh, do you have any, any final thoughts? Oh my I mean, this? my feelings about the walls are really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I feel like it's that same kind of thing. Like, are you raising a super permissive situation where your kids are going to run over people and be unkind? Yep, yep. Kids are assholes. Raising kids who are assholes. Because I also think there's this whole flip side of that where kids need to develop their own walls. Mm -hmm. And so my goal with my kids was always to um, let those walls fall as much as possible so that my kids could develop their walls so that by the time they're old enough, they have a sense of their own walls. They're not my walls. I feel like those are their different walls though, mm. you know, because I feel like if, you know how kids do continually press us on some things, like I'm talking I'm trying to remember now. Yeah. It's hard to remember because I don't feel like my kids press me very much. Well, I mean, maybe they that was, do. I, I, maybe, I, I, maybe the way that you parented made it so that you, you, you know, viewed that differently, you know? I mean, but it's hard to remember too. I'm yeah. so far out now. Yeah. True. You know true. what I mean? Like it's hard to remember the little kid pushing it, versus the it now. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But I mean, too. that's, so I do, I mean, maybe it's a question of like, it's the helicopter parenting thing, right? Like if you helicopter parent your kids and then throw them out into the world at 18 and expect them to be able to make decisions. So they've never done anything. And In other words, you make all the phone calls, ever. you do all the... Most of it. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's grades of that. Yeah. And you're, you're not in favor of that, right? You're, you're sort oh, of... Oh, no. Yeah. No, 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 yeah. no. I mean, I... I, I mean, that's... Like, so that's a... I do feel like that's a different kind of wall. Like those mm-hmm. are those are not good, good walls to build up because, uh, you know, you you're giving them the sense of being the only like the, the, the sun in the middle of this universe. Right. And, um, I mean, nobody can sustain that. We no, can't, you can't not, get through life. Yeah. If that's your yeah. With, with everyone else sort of bowing to you or catering to every whim or, I mean, not, not, not following through on things like, um, like household chores or something mm-hmm. like that. Like if you make it an established rule, you have to put your plate in the dishwasher. Um, I feel like, as a when when your kids are small and you're you're working really hard to establish rules and mm-hmm. you know guidelines that you live by um it, it, like just taking the example of putting your plate in the dishwasher mm-hmm. so if you like the walls i'm thinking of are if you make that a rule and then you go back on it your kids are going to continually push that wall they don't want to you know they don't think to put their plates in the dishwasher they'll walk away from it whatever mm-hmm. and um if you 
if you one day are like, what the crud? You didn't put your plate yeah. in the dishwasher it's again. The get over that. It's the and then, inconsistent and then, yeah. Never so, knowing what to expect. Never knowing what to expect. So that, and that, but that's different from the helicopter parenting. I am going to solidify your walls. I'm going to make them of brick and mortar and you're going to be so comfortable in here and you won't ever have to worry about a thing. Okay, now you're 18. Go figure it out. Right. Like That's, that's, that's not cool. Those are two yeah. different rooms. But yeah. I love to play with the middles. I think that's you so know interesting. I, yeah, yeah. I just like those conversations. And I love it because it's really, it's causing a lot of, it's I, me a I'm, lot of food for thought you know? I you know there and oh gosh I know we're going to kind of bleed into over but I we're challenged with that as teenagers because we need to let them do their own thing which includes making stupid mistakes yeah and I find gosh that tugs on me and I know I can speak for Gary too it does I mean Wyatt one day this just jumps in my mind insisted on walking home in the rain and we were like, you can't, you can't, you got to let us pick you up. You're going to get wet, blah, 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 blah. And we kept wanting to, you know, no, you can't do that. And then we had to sit back and go, you know, if, 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 he, if he just doesn't have the wisdom to get a ride when it's pouring rain out, then we need to let him go through that experience. Yeah. And you know what? He never asked. He never did that again. Yeah. But, yeah. but it is so hard not to insist yeah. on the... When you know, the, when you can see. When yeah. you know yeah. what's going to go wrong, I mean, right? That uh, makes me think yeah. of, of the lying thing again. So when they're small and they lie about small things, you ha- your kids have a room in their heads where they maybe would lie, right? And then you'd be like, oh, nope, that wall is staying right there. And there were, were like three things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> three That's things. That's all you need. I mean, it and other than that, people say, Dina has no rules at her house. But when <laughs> no, they were small. What I was yeah. saying before, you, I, there I are stay like to three a few solid, a few things. solid yeah. things and I can... Yeah. I can hold those, yeah. right? But if yeah. I tried to control everything, oh my God. Oh, forget it. Like yeah. it just, Not everything comes happen. tumbling down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Well, you guys, this has been... I've had a great time. Awesome. <laughs> yes, thank you so much I'm so much glad we finally on. did this. Dina Fraze and Angela Gregory, the, this is, I feel like this has been the podcasting spectacular of... <laughs> The midwife, the corporate lawyer, and the podcaster walk into walk a bar. Into I mean, like, a bar. We Where's our drink? drink? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we'll have to go. We'll have to go get them. We'll have to go to a real bar. We can record in a real bar. Like, we can get a drink. <laughs> so, listeners, thank you so much for for being here, for listening, for um, you know. Hopefully, you've gotten something out of our our conversations between this time and last time, last episode with Dina and Angela. And if you have something to say, please shout about it. Go to weturnedoutokay.com slash contact. Ask your questions. Leave your comments. If you did get something out of this show, I would so appreciate it if you would share it. Uh, social media is word of mouth today. And if you liked it and you think other friends of yours might like it, then you know, please give it a shout out because that's how we get known. And we are, you know, we're... We're getting Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I so appreciate that that I can I want to take you Australia. Like ideas that make you think and make you wonder and find us on the web go, at hey, we I turned totally out disagree okay. with that. And if that's the case, then, you know, where you'll find know. show really, notes and more. Like that's that's what the heart and soul of this is. It's, what do you call cheese that's not yours? Thank you so, so much for, for listening and being here. And I have a special thanks. And remember, we only go around once to be the best parents we can be. Let's relax and enjoy the ride. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next time. I want to pee in the woods.
Derp, 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 derp.